Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Last Sunday, we began a new series on physical healing. And uh, just by chance, if you were unable to make it last week and, uh, and you want to you know, hear it, we just simply encourage you to go check out our podcast. If you go in there, the title of that message was called Healing, Breaking Misconceptions. And so, anyways, I'd encourage you to do that. But uh, before we jump into today's message, I want to acknowledge, like I did last week, that I fully realize that when the topic of physical healing comes up, it has the ability to stir up a variety of responses in people's hearts and minds. In fact, in my experience, the the subject uh, can be a bit controversial. Is that true? That people tend to uh, go in different directions. You always have that group that's super excited about healing and, and they're pursuing it with passion. And then there's those that find the subject confusing, find it complex, and find it emotionally difficult to even begin to process. So they think it's better uh, maybe if they just avoid the topic altogether. And then, of course, there's those who are pretty neutral when it comes to the topic. They don't have any strong interest one way or another. Uh, they tend to think what will be will be. Uh, so what's the big deal, right? And then lastly, there's those who I have seen many, many times who resist it wholeheartedly uh, because their hearts are completely closed off uh, to the possibility that God would actually love us enough to heal us. So in the same way that's been my experience, my experience has also told me that those variety of responses are typically dependent on a person's background, a person's life experience previous church history or some type of teaching or thought process that they've been exposed to in the past. Okay, so I say all that to simply say this, that that whatever your immediate response might be throughout this series as I'm teaching, uh, I just simply want you to know that as the pastor of this church, and maybe you can see me as your pastor, maybe you don't, uh, but, but I want you to know that either way, my goal through this is not to offend you. And it's not to hurt you. And it certainly is not to argue with you. I don't enjoy arguing, okay? And, and I just think that, man, that if, we, uh, if I try to offend you, if I try to hurt you, if we try to argue, man, what good is that in it for anybody, right? So, so rather, my hope is this. So I'm just trying to set the foundation here. Is that through this series that we, keyword together, right, that we could actually take an honest and a common sense look or approach to see what the Word of God has to say about this subject. And as we do, my hope is, is that we would all uh, be open enough and humble enough to allow the Holy Spirit to uh, maybe, maybe unravel any wrong thinking that we might have, right? And, and also, not only just to unravel some wrong thinking, but, but God would actually create an exchange that not just for wrong thinking, but He gives us, give us some right thinking. That He would give us some revelation that would help us be firmly established, not upon uh, the opinions and the traditions of man, but actually founded upon His Word. Amen? And so lastly, and I'm going to shoot straight with you because this is where my faith and my prayers are at. That would be according to Mark chapter 16 where Jesus clearly said that signs and wonders would follow the preaching of his word. So my prayer is that as we teach this, that faith would come and that if you're one of those people uh, that need a miracle like myself, then guess what? That we would actually experience God's healing power in our lives. Amen? Amen. All right, so listen, it's because of all those reasons, especially uh, when it comes to unraveling of wrong thinking, 
That's why I uh, took as much time as I did last week to actually begin to address uh, the five common misconceptions, or really, let's call it what it is, mistruths, that are often taught and believed today in the body of Christ. And if you weren't here, and you're like, what were those? Or maybe you were here and you don't remember. Let me tell you again really quick, just for the reminder's sake. So five misconceptions concerning healing that's often taught and believed. Number one is that God uses sickness to discipline or to teach his children. Second one is this, is that sickness and disease are a part of God's will for our lives. Number three, that God used to heal, but he stopped once the apostles died and the Bible was written. The fourth misconception is, is that if I've never witnessed the healing, then surely it can't be true. And then the fifth one is this, if someone is sick, then they must have a hidden uh, secret sin in their life. All right, so if I could maybe just give you, uh, you know, basically two statements kind of wrapped up in one to counteract those five statements that I hope really sinks down in our hearts, it would be this. That biblically speaking, there is no evidence. In other words, it's not in the book. There's no evidence that God is the originator or the giver of sickness and disease. Who through the death of his son has provided a way for us to be healed of any and all sickness and disease. If you believe that, say amen. So listen, I I don't know about you, but when I hear that, the first question that pops in my mind is this, is that if sickness and disease didn't come from God, then where does it come from? Wave your hand at me if you know that's a really good question. Yes. So listen, so to answer that, I want to maybe preface, because I'm going to answer this in an extended way, but but I want to kind of give you a thought, and it's this, is that, that maybe we should remember that every challenge we face in this life is a symptom of the fall of man. That every challenge we face in this life is a symptom of the fall of man. And what am I talking about? Well, we read in Genesis 3 where Adam and Eve uh, basically sinned. They disobeyed God. And when they disobeyed God, it unleashed basically uh, the scheme and the plan and the will of the enemy into the world. You tracking? So in other words, it's this. Kind of give some context to that. Is that every emotional problem we face in this life is the result of the false impact on our emotions. That every mental problem we face in this life is a result of the false impact on our minds. Likewise, every identity problem, every relational problem, every sin problem, and even this, every bit of injustice, oppression, and violence that touches countless lives around the globe, like we're witnessing currently in Afghanistan, right? They are all a direct result of not just people, but nations still living under, and this is key, under the curse of the fall. So listen, as we can expect, the same goes for sickness and disease, meaning this, that the health problems that we as humans struggle with and often even die from are also a direct result of the fall's impact on our physical bodies. So listen, while I could easily stand up here and say, when we, you know, ask that question, where does it come from? I could give you a list of things. I'm going to give you some things because I think so often we as Christians want to pigeonhole one thing. Sometimes we need to step back and we need to look and go, okay, really, why does sick, sickness happen in our lives and disease happen in our lives? So to answer that, I could easily in a broad spectrum say, you know, have we ever thought about how we eat loads of uh, processed, unhealthy, unhealthy food over time that tends to wreak havoc on our bodies? Right? I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to your neighbor. Um, Listen, how how most of us, once again, I'm not talking to you, uh, most of us don't have, uh, you know, this routine, this exercise routine that we constantly 
go at, right? And, and even this of how addictions like drugs and alcohol and tobacco and yes, even lust affects our bodies more than we would like to admit. And then to think about actually and answering that question, how things like stress and anxiety and fear and anger and bitterness and a lack of forgiveness have all been really well documented to, to basically create serious health issues in our bodies. And then how sometimes, and I really don't know why I'm saying this, felt like I just needed to, how sometimes even our jobs put us in positions where we're exposed to chemicals that are really unhealthy for our body, right? And let's not forget this, of how uh, willful and deliberate sin can also cause us to basically step out from under God's protective covering. Do you understand that? That God, that God doesn't uh, cause sickness to come on us, but if we step out from under his protection, guess who, guess who has a free game at us? The enemy, right? Which is obviously the one that we all want to point to and that, that I think we should point to is how we still have an enemy who is Satan that still uses sickness and disease to still kill and destroy our lives. Yes? So listen, while that's true, I intentionally want to uh, circle back around to the point that if we realize or not, once again, that the fall of man, I can't stress this enough, that the fall of man is the catalyst that opened the door for all those things to have the ability to affect our lives in a negative and a damaging way. So to put it bluntly, the fall of man, because the fall of man, we live in a broken world where bad and sometimes un unexplainable things happen to really good people. Yes? So, so listen, in spite of all the negativity that you and I have seen, because I'm sure we've seen plenty of it, uh, I'm sure it's not just in the world we see, but it's been in our families, uh, it's been in our friends' lives, and, and some of us, it's been in our own lives. Uh, but, but in spite of all that, today I have some really good news for you, and I'm super pumped to talk about it. Okay, And, and so the reality is, is I'm going to go ahead and warn you, I'm going to basically hit one point about 50 times. Okay? Because sometimes you, you can't get that nail to go in unless you keep smacking it, right? And so I'm going to keep smacking that thing until hopefully it gets in us, okay? So, so you're pumped now, but just be forewarned, all right? So here's the good news, and that is this, okay? That's by the fall of man, listen, according to the Bible, that when Jesus Christ died for our sins, he purchased by his blood the right for us to live our lives under God's blessing and God's promises instead of the curse of the fall. In other words, if you could see, and it says this, and I admit this is super cheesy, but when Jesus came, man, he flipped the script, right? He turned it all around. Amen? Amen. So listen, we know that's true because the Bible tells us this in Galatians 3. It says Christ redeemed or Christ rescued us from the curse of the law that came because of the fall of man by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curses everyone who is hung on a tree. What's it talking about? It's talking about the cross. And this says in verse 14 that he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. That's awesome. But oh, let me read it to you in the Passion Translation because I just like the way it says it. It says, yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed. Somebody say absorbed. He absorbed the curse completely as he became a curse in our place. It's called he became our substitute. For it is written, everyone who is hung upon a tree is cursed. Jesus Christ dissolved. Somebody say dissolved. dissolved. He dissolved the curse from our lives so that in him all the blessings of Abraham can be poured out upon Gentiles. That's us. And now through faith we receive the promised Holy Spirit who lives in us. Come on, don't you just love the word of God? Here's the thing. What was Paul telling us when, uh, basically, when he's sitting here talking about this? He's basically saying this. 
tells us that through his death on the cross that Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Right? That he paid a price that was impossible for us to pay. That by his sacrifice, by his shed blood, by his broken body on the cross, once again, it's his, not ours. He removed the curse that came upon us through the fall. That he literally on the cross absorbed and not only absorbed it, but he dissolved every negative effect of the curse for us through his death on the cross. Great place to say amen. If I was old-time Pentecostal, that's where I'd run, okay? So, listen, but the, so the theological word that, that we need to remember here is this. It's the word called atonement. And this is so important for where we're going today. It's called atonement. See, Paul goes on to say that it's because of this work of atonement that Christ accomplished on our behalf that we can now, by faith, access and receive every benefit, every blessing that was provided for us through Christ's sacrifice. There's a verse that I love. It's Romans 8.32. It simply says this. It says, For if God did not spare His own Son, how much more will He not so freely give us all things? What are those all things that He's talking about? He's talking about the blessings. He's talking about the promises and the benefits of what Jesus did for us through His atoning work. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's settle in here for a moment because I want to unpack this. And the reason I want to unpack it is because I think we've limited what the atonement means. Okay, And so, listen, for the past 20 years, I, I can't even begin to tell you how many believers I've heard read and quote those two verses that we just read out of Galatians. And then they attribute them, key word here, solely to the forgiveness of our sins. Does it have to do with the forgiveness of our sins? Absolutely. A thousand percent, yes. But here's what I want us to see. Is that a majority of the Christians, basically their understanding of Christ's atoning work on the cross has been limited to us uh, to basically simply not uh, get the judgment we deserve, right? It's called mercy, right? And so not only that, but it's like not only do we not get what we deserve, but they also say uh, it's also that we uh, receive what we didn't deserve, which is eternal life in heaven. Am I making sense? And so, but, but here's the problem I have, is they fall short because they stop right there, right? And by doing so, they fall short in their understanding of the full blessings and the full benefits that Jesus also provided for us. And so this morning, when we're talking about that there's something more, I just want you to remember something, that actually when you go back and you look at the, the Old Testament, you actually begin to find that there were two clear curses that were inflicted upon humanity when Adam and Eve sinned or disobeyed or fell in the Garden of Eden. And those two curses were this. It was called sin, which we all understand, and sickness. So, which means this, listen to me, it has to mean this, that the two redemptive blessings which Jesus brought to the world when he came and ultimately died for us were salvation and healing. Okay, so, or we could simply say this, that he brought deliverance from sin and sickness, right? What am I getting at here, gang? I'm trying to tell you this, is that when Jesus came, he didn't come with a half a plan of redemption, he didn't come with half a plan. He came with a full and complete plan for our redemption. Amen? So listen, while you and I are no doubt super grateful for the forgiveness of sins, we're super grateful for the peace in our heart that we've been forgiven, we need to understand that Christ's atoning work included more than that. And so to put it plainly, we'll throw the next slide up, is this, is that when Christ redeemed us, He did more than save us from our sins. He also purchased our physical healing, emotional healing, and deliverance from all demonic influences. So let me give you some verses, because if you know me, you know that, uh, that basically, that if we can't find it here, then let's pack our bags and go home. 
So we got to have it in the work, right? So let me give you where we find that the basically the atonement encompasses our sin and sickness. Let me give you some scriptures here, okay? So open up your heart. If you don't mind, write these verses down so you can go study them, pray through them, and let Jesus bring revelation to you, okay? So it says this in Isaiah 53, very familiar passage. It says, Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom hid their faces. People hid their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. Let's pause there for a moment. So who is the prophet Isaiah actually prophesying about here? Jesus. Jesus. So we're all clear on that. Okay. So he's talking about the son of God that would come. Right. So what would he do when he came? Watch this. Verse 5. It says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. That's sin. He was crushed for our iniquities. That's sin. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. That's our sickness. So listen, we can see both, that our sickness and our sin are being addressed once again in the full plan of atonement and the full plan of redemption. Now, let's fast forward. Let's go to the New Testament and let's look at the verse that echoes Isaiah 53. It says this in 1 Peter 2.24. says that he personally carried what? Our sins in his body on the cross, willingly offering himself on it as on an altar of sacrifice so that we might die to sin, becoming immune from the penalty and power of sin and live for righteousness. Watch this. For by his wounds, you who believe have been healed. Once again, if you can get the picture that here's Jesus on the cross, he's absorbing and he is dissolving all sin and sickness for us. To think about it. Listen, for real, did he do it for himself or he did it for us? He did it for us, so let's receive it. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Now let's look at the ministry of Jesus, Matthew 8. Hopefully you're writing some of these down. It says in Matthew 8, it says, When evening came, they brought to him many who were under the power of demons, and he cast out the evil spirits with a word, and he restored to health all who were sick. Get that, all who were sick, exhibiting his authority as Messiah. Verse 17's key, so that he fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He himself took our infirmities upon himself and carried away our diseases. I just want to stress to you that he just didn't do half of it, but read the whole story. He did all of it. Amen. Now look at Matthew chapter 9. Once again, we're looking at the two, sin and sickness. It says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel. What's he preaching? He's preaching, uh, he's preaching the good news. It has to do with salvation. It has to do with repentance from our sins, right? So there's the sin part of the kingdom. And what do you do? And healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Are y'all seeing this? All right, let me give you one more verse because it's just fun. Okay? Psalm 103 says this. Let's look at what David declared. He said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. That benefits, that's the blessings, that's the promises that Paul was referring to in Galatians chapter 3. And then he goes on and tells us actually what those benefits are, what it covers. Here's the the benefit package, okay? Verse 3, it says, Who forgives all your iniquities, that's sin. Who heals all your diseases, that's sickness. 
Let me settle in right here for a moment because I want to prove a point to you today. Notice that David said, who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases. That's really important, okay? If we're going to shake off some wrong thinking, that word, three-letter word, all, is key, right? So, so grab a hold of what I'm saying here. If our sin was laid upon Jesus at Calvary's cross, uh, let me just ask, was it 75% of our sin? You, you know, or was it all of our sin? Let me ask you in another way. Was he just said, okay, the father said, okay, I'm going to lay upon you, Jesus, just the, the, just the small sin. Okay? I'm not going to give you their big mess ups because that would be too big to carry. Or did he give it all? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if that's true, then, then we have to look at, once again, if we're looking at atonement through both the, the lens of sin and sickness, we have to ask ourselves if sickness was laid upon Jesus, uh, you know, uh, Jesus at Calvary Cross as well, then, then was it only 75% of our sickness? Was it only our small sicknesses, like a little runny nose, a headache, and a cold? Or was it even the big scary stuff too? Was it all of it? It was all of it, right? So what's the point? And once again, the Bible says these this simple statement again and again and again, and man, it has such power to it. And it's simply this. It says, he bore it all. Right? And last time I checked, all means all. Sin and sickness. All sin and all sickness. Amen? So, so whatever it is, if it's sin or sickness, he, he shed his blood to cover it. For those people that have taught many of us incorrectly for a lot of years, and I'm not trying to disrespect anybody, I'm just saying what it is, okay, is that those people that have told us that healing is not the plan of redemption, if that is true, then please tell me why God intentionally placed sickness alongside of our sin in all those verses if they didn't go together. Once again, I'm, I'm no theologian. I'm the common sense believer, right? So I just say this, man, it's, it wasn't there by accident, Right? It was in the plan. Amen? So here's the takeaway that I'm trying my best to hammer home to you today. Is that salvation from sin and healing from sickness are both covenant blessings or benefits, promises, that came from the same atonement which was provided by one sacrifice, by one substitute whose name is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? So, so gang, if you can grab a hold of this today, there was only one cross. I'm here to tell you today that that one cross was enough. Amen? In fact, it was so enough that God still to this day chooses to deal with all of man's emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual problems through that cross. Why? Because it is still the solution. It's still the antidote to every symptom of the fall. Amen. Right? So, all right, so let me give you really quick. Let me read a story to you that comes out of the gospel. It comes out of Matthew, sorry, Mark chapter 2. It's in Matthew as well. I think Matthew chapter 9, if my memory serves me right. Uh, but, but I want to show you actually where you see Jesus deal and communicate as if they're the same thing. Sin and sickness, okay? And we could talk for hours about all this, but we're going to land it here soon. Here we go, Mark 2. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. Now watch this. While he was preaching God's word to them, would we agree that that's the gospel? Yeah. 
That that's the plan of redemption that he's preaching. Yes, okay? It says that four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. How many of you guys know that that homeowner appreciated that? That's where my mind always goes. Hope you had insurance. Anyways, it says this. It says, then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man. Let me stop there. Watch this. He said to the paralyzed man. What, why, why did those four friends dig a hole in that poor homeowner's roof to drop this guy down? What were they after? They want to see healing for their friend. Can we all agree with that? They want to see their friend get healed. Now watch how Jesus addressed the moment. you got to love Jesus. It says this. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But then it says this in verse 6. It says, But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. In verse 8, Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? Healing. Verse 10 says, So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. I love Jesus. He said, Take that, right? Verse 12. It says, and the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God's claiming we've never seen anything like this before. Boom, right? So the main reason I want to read that passage of scripture, please let this sink in beyond skin deep, is that this, is that in Jesus' mind, obviously, right, if he told this man his sins were gone, then obviously it meant that sickness would have to leave too. Right, And here's why. Because Jesus knew what we are learning is he knew that the remedy or the solution for both problems, sin and sickness, was already provided for in the same atonement that was coming. Amen? So once again, what are we saying? That, listen, that the same atonement that sets us free from the bondage of sin is the same atonement that sets us free from the bondage, because sickness is a bondage, right? Sets us free from sickness. Once again, it's all-inclusive in Christ's atoning work that he accomplished for you and me on the cross. All right? We good? All right. So, listen, that leads us to this. We're going to shift gears here a little bit. It is... Then to me, the follow-up question to that is, is if they both come through the same venue, then, then how do I receive healing? It's really simple. The same way we receive our salvation. It's by putting our faith in the finished work of the cross. Right? Isn't that what Paul told us in Galatians 3.14? We read a while ago. He said, by faith, we receive the promises. You know, listen, the problem is, is... You and I, can I include me on this, we, we make that faith part so complicated. And we feel like we got to do all these things to somehow to receive. And I'm here to tell you today, we just got to believe. And, and I know that's so much easier said than done because if you're like me, man, your brain, you know, there's a mouse in there. That was probably really... Um, embarrassing that I said I have a, anyways, it's not complimentary of my intelligence, but uh, 
anyways, so, but, but let, me, let me say this, though. It is by faith. That's why James said this. We read this last week. But he said, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. If any of you are happy, you should sing praises. And then he says, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Watch this. Such a prayer offered in faith, or as other translations say, the prayer of faith will heal the sick. It didn't say the prayer of hope, the prayer of wishing, the prayer of maybe, the, no, 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 the prayer of faith, yeah. right? And then it says, and the Lord will make you well. Now watch what he tags on the end of this. And if you have committed any sins, there it is again, you'll be forgiven. It's a full plan of redemption. But what I want us to see here is this, is that healing must be accessed and received by faith. Don't shout me down. Amen? All right, so let me, let me maybe establish this a little better. No, sorry I always pick on you, but come on up here with that awesome stash. Um, so, so what I want to do maybe for a minute is I actually want to circle back around to last week's message. And, and, and I want to actually apply some of the misconceptions that we talked about concerning healing. I want to apply it to salvation for a moment. In other words, if we're going to apply it to this side of atonement, let's apply it to this side of atonement as well. And so let's say that, that Noah comes, and Noah comes to the church, whatever. He, he you know, hears a message, and he says, man, I, I want to get right with God. Man, today's my day. i got to get right with Jesus. I've been running today. It's, today's my day. And then he comes up, and, and maybe he comes up to talk to me. Maybe he's talking to one of you guys. And, and we just look at him like so many other people do, and, and we just say, you know what, um, you know, man, no, I, I appreciate your willingness to, to want to be saved, especially that mustache I'm having a hard time looking at. Is, um, I've known him since he was three, so I've seen all kinds of phases. So, so, but we look at him, and we just say, you know, maybe, maybe today, you know, or, you know, really ever, it's, maybe it's just not God's will to save you, right? Or, or we say, you know, perhaps, Noah, your, your sin, your sin, man, is for God's glory. Man, it's for God's glory. We're believing that your sin's for God's glory. Or then we look and we go, perhaps, perhaps, no, with this sin that you're so entangled in that you can't get free from, perhaps that God's just using it to teach you a lesson. Maybe he's disciplining you through this sin. Are y'all hearing me? Or, or, or then maybe we say this, or maybe, you know, we come, we say, you know, I'm going to encourage you, man. I, be patient in your sin, Noah. Man, man, when it's God's time, God, God I just believe God's going to save you. Or, or what if we come and we say this, you know, man, listen, Bro, I'm sorry. I'm really, I'm really sorry I have to tell you this, but the day of miracles, the day of conversion, man, it, it's past. Like, I'm sorry, man, I'm going to tell you, man, the, the bus has left the station, and it stinks to be you right now. You missed it. Let me just ask you, if we went around telling folks that, how many people do we think would actually get saved? It'd be a, it would be a miracle if they did. Right? It's like they get saved on accident. Right? And, and, and so, li listen, why? Why? Because, please hear me. Because according to Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Right? So, so I hope you see where I'm going with this. Okay? It is that obviously it's the gospel message that comes and ignites faith in someone's heart and they believe the gospel that Jesus died for them, right, and so on, and that they, you know, whatever, and they go, save me, and we get saved, okay? That's the short version there, okay? But, but, but listen, let's, uh, 
let's think about something here. Do, do we not so often pretty much say those exact same words to sick people, right? In other words, let, let me say it this way. People come for healing and Christians in turn give them basically those thoughts and those saying when it comes to healing. In other words, once again, we say, you know what, maybe it's not God's will to heal you. Or we say, no, perhaps, uh, you know, your sickness will bring God some glory. Or, or perhaps God's using your sickness to discipline you and teach you in some way. Or brother, just be patient. If you just wait, man, I believe God's going to heal you. If you can wait long enough, you can stay the course. You can suffer for a while. Or maybe we come along and we say, you know, man, I'm sorry. The apostle, last one, died. We got the book. The bus has left the station. I'm sorry, man. It stinks to be you, but you're going to have to live with that the rest of your life. And we listen, and we wonder why more people don't get healed. Because we are so busy filling people's hearts and minds with doubt. And in the same way that it takes faith to get saved, to access one side of the atonement, Christ's work, it takes faith to actually access the other side. Am I making sense? Thanks, man. See, I think herein lies the core problem, okay? And I know I keep pounding it, but listen... So many of us have been taught that even though we were redeemed from our sins, we have to continue to suffer in our sickness because it may not be God's will to heal us. It, let, let me say something real quick. If you have ever believed that thought, this is not God's will to heal me, uh, I just want to ask you, please do me a favor. Go find that in the Bible. Like, go, go look, read the book and find it in the Bible where he actually said, not my will to heal you. Right? Maybe I'm missing it, but I've read that book a lot. And I haven't found it yet. Okay? And, and, and so, listen, and if you have prayed at some point for someone and said, Lord, if it be your will, I want you to know you're not praying scripture. I know that may be hard to hear. Okay? So, so all I'm really trying to say to us today is that if we're going to believe the gospel for every person's salvation, then why don't we be crazy enough to go ahead and believe the rest of the gospel that people can get healed as well, right? That, that to believe, once again, that Jesus bore our sin and our sicknesses so we don't have to, period. Not, oh, but if, and oh, if it's this hard, oh, if it's that hard, oh, if it's been this long. No, 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 let's just believe. All right. Listen, before we land this, I actually want to take a, I want to take a moment and I want to address a thought that's probably in more than one person's head in this room last week and today, okay? And, and it's a real thought, okay? And, and I'm going to say there's no condemnation. I have thought this thought many times. And, uh, and so I want to address it because it's a real thought, okay? And, and I think a lot of people are uncomfortable by it. They want to run from it. And, and I just rather, man, I'm going to be honest and I'm going to be vulnerable. And, and I'm just going to give you gut-level reality here, Okay. So here's the thought that a lot of people think when they hear teachings like this. Is PQ, I hear you what you're saying, but, but what about uh, when someone doesn't get healed? And, and what about when someone we prayed for dies? Now I'm going to go ahead and say something. If, if you, um, I may disappoint some of you in my answer here, and I'm okay with that. Okay? But, but here's the truth, is I have seen and I have met and I've read about hundreds, if not thousands of people who have gotten miraculously, supernaturally healed, okay? And I'm not talking about tummy ache, runny nose. I'm talking about bona fide, documented, jaw-dropping, mind-blowing miracles, okay? 
And I have prayed personally with numerous of people and, uh, and, and watched them be healed. There were no tricks. There were no gimmicks. There were no game. Someone was sick. We prayed the Bible, and God healed them. Okay? But, but even after all of that, there's also been spots that I haven't understood. Okay? Because I'll tell you one thing that has got me that I'm like, Lord, I don't get it is how I have prayed and been praying with others. I mean, I've seen folks rally and pray for folks uh, that are on their deathbed. And, and these people, I'm not talking about someone that you know, had a little faith. I'm talking about men and women of God that had faith to the moon and back. And we were praying our guts out, and they died. And we buried them. We did their funeral, and, uh, and we wept, right? And, and the part that I think that sometimes has been super frustrating to me on that is this, is that I've also seen uh, people who are not believers, not Christians, don't, they're atheists. And one of us crazy people come along and pray for them and they get healed. And I'm like, God, you got a covenant with one of us and you didn't with the other. Help me understand that. And it's silent. Okay? So, so I'm going to just, why do some people get healed and others don't? And I'm not trying to give you doubt here. I'm just trying to shoot straight with you, okay? I'm going to give you a great theological answer today. I don't know. I don't know. And uh, listen, there's a lot of people that speculate and say a lot of things. Over the years I've heard, well, we prayed for them, but they didn't have enough faith. And I've heard, uh, well, we prayed for them and we didn't have enough faith. And and I have heard, well, you know, uh, people will say what they want you to, uh, what they think you want to hear, which is true. And, uh, but they really didn't want to get better. Okay, uh, that's great. Sure. But, but here's what I've had to land on, okay? Because none of that really does it for me. And I've settled this one truth in my heart, and it is this. Y'all listen. God is God, and I am not. Right? And it's really that simple. And, and listen, and, and I, am, I am okay with that. Right? I'm completely content with knowing that there are certain questions on this side of eternity that I will never have the answer to. And I realize that one day I'm going to show up to heaven I'm going to go, oh. I see what you did there. Right? And, and, so, and so there's a verse that I want to share with you today that kind of brings this home for me. And once again, you may not like this, and it's okay, but 1 Corinthians 13 says this. It says, now we see things. Now. We see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But when we see everything with perfect clarity, in other words, when we get to heaven, all that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then when we get there, I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. In other words, oh, I see it. Right? So I just want to ask you today, listen, can you be okay in the meantime? Like, li- listen to me, can, can we, because I've seen a lot of people get mad, okay? Like I met with a dude yesterday that talked about him screaming to heaven because of a loved one that he lost, okay? So it's real, okay? But, but listen, can, can we actually be okay and still trust God when things don't work out the way we think they should? Because in our mind, we say, you know what, um, man, if it was up to us, we'd just roll down the hospital and start laying hands on everybody. Like, that's what I would want, right? I got some stuff that I would certainly like to get healed from. Now, you know, while at the same time, it's a miracle that I'm alive. Okay, it is. If you knew what's go, it's a miracle that I'm alive. And so, um, but at the end of the day, man, I've just had to learn that God's ways are not my ways. 
right? In fact, the Bible says this in Isaiah 55. It says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Boy, that's an understatement. It says, for just as the heavens are higher than the, than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. In fact, let me give you something. It may be a little out of context, so give me some grace. But when you actually read Hebrews chapter 11, we see it's the faith chapter. And we see basically all these mighty men and women of God that have accomplished great things for the Lord. And then you get down to the end of the chapter and it says this one thing that, that's a head scratcher. It says basically that even though they did all these things, that they still died without seeing the promise. I can't tell you how many people I've seen die that didn't see the promise. But then it says this really interesting thing next. It says, because God had something better in mind. <laughs> right? And so, listen, Deuteronomy 29, 29 has helped me loads, and we'll read it here. It simply says this, that the secret things belong to the Lord our God. The New Living Translation puts it this way. The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. Okay? And so, when I look at this, all these scriptures and what I'm really getting or trying to, you know, the bush I'm trying to beat here is this, is that you and I need to remember that we are just on this planet temporarily. Okay? That the Bible says we're here today and we're gone tomorrow. In other words, that this life is a blimp, right? On the screen in comparison to eternity. This body's going to turn to dust, but my spirit is going to actually go to heaven, right? And my soul for eternity. And what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is simply this, is when it comes to God's secrets and God's better way and all these things, we have to realize that we are a lot more earthly-minded than what God is. God doesn't sit there and focus, oh, oh no, he, he's not worried that, you know, whatever, that somebody's going to go before 70, 80 years. He's not freaking out because he's in eternity, right? And so as much as it hurts, right, when someone leaves us, if they're saved, like, do you think they want to come back? <laughs> no, they don't. And, and if there, I think there's anything in those moments where it doesn't work out the way we think it should, maybe we should have a mindset that's more like eternity. Okay? That's all I'm saying, right? And cause, because of this. You know, while we say, you know, the greatest miracle, man, I like it when people get healed of cancer. I, you know, I, man, I like it when dead folks get up. You know, we've seen all that stuff, right? That's fun, right? It's awesome. But, but, but I want you to know that the greatest miracle is that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen? So, so all right, so I sell that to say this. You know, have, have there been times where I have uh, cried a lot of tears because someone that I love died? You bet. Have there been times where I have been extremely disappointed that God didn't answer a prayer that I prayed? Absolutely. But what I'm trying to tell you today, okay, and I'm not trying to be negative, I'm just trying to be real, okay, is simply this, is that I have chosen not to let my disappointments determine my doctrine. Okay? That, in other words, that my disappointments don't redefine what I believe about God's word and his atonement in his atoning work, let me say it that way, that it still deals 100% with all sin and all sickness. And because of that, I will continue to the day I die to pray for salvations, to pray for miracles, to pray for miracles, deliverances, healings, whatever you want to throw in there, I'm going to believe God for it. Yeah. Right? You know, you know, it's not like this. It's like, uh, you know, two guys come get sick and we go, uh, no, he's not going to heal you. We're leaving you alone. Uh, but we believe he's going to heal you. No, no, no. We're going to fight for everybody. 
right? Because the word says, and we're going to stand upon the word. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me end on a positive note, okay? Uh, Because some of you guys were here last week, so I just want to encourage you and boost your faith, okay? Because I got a testimony this week that encouraged me, okay? So if you were were here last week, let me kind of set this up. We got to the end. I actually told everybody, look, I'm not going to pray for anybody. And, and I don't know why I felt like that. I just felt like, man, I'm, I'm not going to. Like, we, we need, we're going to talk about the word, then we'll, maybe we'll do it, okay? God works different than I do. And so I'm sitting here and I'm praying, and a young lady walks up that's in the church. I know has prophetic gifting. And, uh, and she looked at me, and I trust her because she's pretty accurate. And I, and I just prayed, and I went, hey, hold tight. Keep your eyes closed. Uh, Stacy's going to tell us something. So I give the mic to Stacy, and she says, look, the Lord's given me a word of knowledge, and we can maybe go in this in a later, later date. But she said, I know that there's uh, someone in here. He showed me that there's someone in here that has problem with their right knee, and their right knee gives out, and, uh, and basically have a lot of pain, and God wants to heal their knee. Now, she's sitting there. She's scared. That's nerve-wracking to get up and say that, because what if you're wrong? Right? And so I just said, okay. She gave me the mic. Okay, it's, it's me again. And I said, hey, does, is that for anybody? Anybody? And, and two dudes walked up. Truth is, is, I could have been right there too. She prayed for me later. So, so um, I got a testimony this week that I want to read to you, okay? It says, hey, PQ, last Sunday during worship, I really was not even worshiping and couldn't focus. It's what every pastor wants to hear. It says, <laughs> just ask Jesus for a reset. I had a lot on my mind, plus my knee was hurting and I run a lot, so, yeah, not a fan of injuries, okay? And to say this guy runs a lot is an understatement. So uh, he said, I told God that if you had an altar call, I would go up for that reset. Then you started talking about healing, and in your camp of five points, in other words, the misconceptions, what he's referring to, he said, I fell into the camp of it never happened to me. So in some train of thought, I always assumed other people needed it more, someone who had a more serious ailment than me. Fast forward, I do believe Jesus can heal. I've seen it with my wife's pregnancies. They've seen some pretty cool miracles. Uh, it says, but again, not always directly to me. More recently, my wife and I have even spoken about praying before seeking out the doctor. In other words, before you run to a doctor, God touches. And then he says, and then you didn't do an altar call. Let me pause right there, okay? <laughs> Is, um, if in this church, if there's any point that you want to go there, if it's worship, me preaching, I think... Go be there, okay? I'm not all-knowing. If you want to do business with God, go do business with God, and we'll encourage you in the process. Okay? You have full permission. All right, here we go. So he said, and then you didn't do an altar call, but Stacy came up and said she heard Jesus saying to her that someone with pain in the right knee needed to come up. And then he says it was basically it was the same knee. In other words, it was his right knee. So he said, I immediately heard a voice that I knew wasn't God say, don't go up. You heard that voice before? says, but then I did because I made that pact with God to trust him. says, a few people prayed and laid hands on me. Now watch what happened. He said, that night the swelling was down by a lot. Knee felt tight, but within two days it was 90% better. This morning, which I think was day three, uh, it was 100%, zero pain. I went and ran six miles. Um, And then it says, to have some tightness, but no pain. I saw him this morning. He's doing great. And so let me maybe 
Paul's here to teach you something, okay? A lot of times when we, uh, when we get prayer, something instantly doesn't happen, we think God didn't do something. And I want you to realize that we pray the prayer of faith, and a lot of times God will do a miracle, be instant. But a lot of times with healing, it is a progressive thing, right? In other words, that's why a lot of people say, you know, where are you at right now? Do you feel this much better, that much better? Okay, let's keep praying. If you need some scriptural proof of that, remember Jesus came and he laid hands on the, on the blind man. And after he got done praying, he said, what do you see? He said, I see people that look like trees. Okay? And uh, how he knew that, I have no clue. Okay? But, 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 but then Jesus said, what? Sorry, man, it didn't work. And he said, no, no, let's pray again. Right? And he prayed for him. The guy was healed that time completely. Right? Make sense? Okay. So then he goes on and says, he says, Jesus honored that pack. That uh, basically the step out in faith. He gave me a reset both physically and spiritually. If anything, it was to reassure me of his presence and power. He does not have to, but it sure is comforting. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. Sean. Your pastors asked me to close in prayer. My wife and I, Denise, are visiting for the day. We have a healing room down in, in, uh, in uh, near Old Orchard Beach. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> and we, we see the miraculous, and it's just awesome. And thank you for allowing us to be part of your prayer team this morning. And the word that was spoken this morning, I pray that it will just bear into our hearts. Yeah. He is a healer. He's Jehovah Rapha. <laughs> He's the healer. And I believe that even the prayers this morning, as he said, if you didn't get your healing this morning, it's coming. It's coming. So, Lord, we thank you this morning for the word. The word that's sharper than any two-edged sword that pierces into our hearts. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. And that Jesus even said that there would be rivers of living water that would flow out of us. And so this morning, I pray blessings on this church. I pray that the healing power, as, as the messages go forth, that your, your anointing is just going to fill this place. Your presence is going to fill this place. I pray for, for Pastor Quentin, that, Lord, you will give him wisdom. You'll give him direction as he leads his congregation. Lord, we believe that your word will go forth with power. Thank you for this time we've spent in your house today. Lord, give us divine appointments even through the rest of this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.